I am Sulin Chiang, and today we're continuing our interview coverage of the 2020 QUB SU elections. Today I'm chatting with Elliot Beaver, who's running for the role of Equality and Diversity Officer. Elliot is pledging to reform the SU, and they are here today with me to chat a little bit about who they are and what they aim to do if elected on the 25th February. Hi, Elliot, welcome. Hi, it's really great to be here today. Yeah, very excited, right? I'm extremely excited. I love doing interviews and stuff like that. Oh, brilliant. All right, so I am looking at your manifesto, and the first page has three main talking points. So yeah. let's go through those a little bit. The first one is safe spaces for minority groups. Well, safe spaces for minority groups is self-explanatory in name, really. But the reason that I wanted to put that as one of the main points of my manifesto is with the rise of like partisan politics and all that, and much more populist manifestos and all that kind of stuff in mainland mainstream politics is that realistically there has been a rise in the amount of hate crime and the amount of harassment that especially international students, students of colour and trans students have faced in the past few years. So I wanted to make sure that the union stays a safe space for these groups because ultimately I remember when I came here as a student who was queer before like the equal marriage votes came through and the equal marriage bill came through, I still didn't necessarily feel fully safe and it was really nice to have the society and the space in the SU to be able to come and feel really safe and really welcome. That's brilliant. And your second big point is representation, not tokenization. Wow, yeah. okay. So the university itself has had some issues in the past few years with tokenizing, mm -hmm. I found, anyway, with some of the events that they like to put forward and some of the way they like to put themselves forward in terms of like, the university itself actually has a policy of internationalization okay and internationalization means that like international students are seen more as commodities more than they are as like actual students okay and i want to make sure that they're fully represented and not just tokenized as being we're like the international population. university the international mm -hmm. population are here and they want to come here i want to make sure that they have a voice here because ultimately international students have bring with their culture with them and it's always amazing to have a really multi multicultural society and a really multicultural union mm -hmm. to show that we like let people from all walks of life come here and represent their own views, as well as the university ever since. I remember last year on Valentine's Day, the the university put a like a picture on that was like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Here's the one token lesbian couple. And I can tell. I felt when I saw it, I was like, "Well, this is they're using us to like get the oh, we we love LGBT plus people." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "That's not the way I want to put it forward. Mm -hmm. I want to give actual queer people the platform and the voice to be able to speak for themselves." All right. And how would you address the university's tokenization? Would you like approach them and be like, "Hey, that's not right." I would essentially be very like boots on the ground it needs to be done radically i think it needs to be approached from a point of view where we as students and we as these minority groups need to do it ourselves and say no we want to have the voice for ourselves you can give us the platform but we need to speak for ourselves we don't want you to speak for us we want the voice all right and your last talking point is accessibility for all yeah that one has been a big thing for me as a student who has both physical disabilities and um, I, I'm on the autistic spectrum. It's really important for me to make sure that students have not s suffered the same issues that I have while I've been in university. I know for one instance in particular, the exceptional circumstances has been really difficult for me. While I've, I've had it a lot better than some students, 
I understand that I've had an ISA and all that kind of stuff, which is a document which allows you to get extensions and stuff, mm -hmm. but not all students know that that is there for them, particularly international students. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that, first of all, all of the... Um, it's okay, take your time. All of the services of the university are available to the students mm -hmm. and that they know that it's there because ultimately the every single student in this university should have access to this and that's why accessibility for all is so important because everyone deserves to have the same accessibility to the university all right brilliant so let's go through um the different groups and communities that we yeah. were talk talking about for the lgbt plus students what do you have planned I have a bunch of stuff planned for LGBT plus students. I All want right. to make Let's sure. Talk about top three for the sake top of time. Yeah. Yes. Top three things that you want to do. The main one of the main things I wanted to do to start off with was I want to have a serious look into accommodation for queer students. Like a you mean Elms Village accommodation? Elms Village uh, University provided okay. accommodation. Private rented accommodation is a different story because mm -hmm. most people can usually choose who they live with. Mm -hmm. But it's when. In university accommodation, you don't necessarily choose who you live with. I've known of a few students in particular who have felt unsafe in accommodation based on the rules, and they have been unable to switch where they're living or been unable to actually get out of this situation that they're in because That's it's just wild. not available to them. And the university itself doesn't actually give any actual way for you to say, we want to live in a queer-friendly space, or, we want, or even to say, we want to live with another queer person. Because I was quite fortunate when I moved here. I was one of the people in my flat was another queer person. And so I felt very welcome and very safe because I had that other person to talk to. But ultimately, that's not fair for everyone. And like the actual accommodation aspect is really, really important, especially for first year trans students. Because mm -hmm. a lot of trans students will come here, not necessarily out and try and come out while they're at university. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it's really difficult for them if, it's not, if they're not feeling safe in their uni accommodation. Definitely. You um, want to feel safe in your own home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, there is... So would that mean like having the options, like when we applied for Elms, we had an option to have an all-female dorm, a quiet dorm, so then that would be a queer dorm? Yeah, I think not necessarily... Like, that's one of the ways we could look mm -hmm. at it. I wanted to like actually like maybe do surveys or focus groups mm -hmm. to like actually figure out what people think would be best. Okay. But I think maybe a queer-friendly dorm would be... Like one of the one of the ways forward because I think that would be really accessible to some students because some students really do like being around queer students. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends are now are still from the LGBT plus society. I'm I kind of surround <laughs> myself with queer people, and it we do kind of gravitate towards each other. And sometimes yep. it can be really nice to have within those spaces. That's brilliant. All right, uh, number two. Uh, number two. I'm trying to remember. What no, take your time. Don't worry Sorry about this. No, no, take your time. I'm really thankful that it's edited. Yes, that's that's a brilliant thing about editing. Hear that, Michael? Gotta edit this part out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to remember my second point. No, no, take your time. Don't worry about it. I've written these so long ago that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's okay. Point. Don't worry. All right. Yes, I remember now. Okay. So the second point is, it, I will say a lot of the LGBT plus student section, while it is applicable to all queer students, is very focused towards trans students mm -hmm. because I feel that they are the most at risk mm -hmm. here at university. One of the second ones I wanted to do was to really look at how we approach clubs and societies and spaces within the university in terms of being queer and trans inclusive. One of the particular issues is particularly sporting societies 
it might be difficult for swing societies, especially if they're gendered, to mm -hmm. be more accepting of a trans man or a trans woman. But mm -hmm. I want to change policy to make sure that they are accepted into these clubs and societies because ultimately, if you are a trans woman and you want to play rugby, you want to be on the woman's team. Yep. You don't want to be put on the man's team. That's mm -hmm. extremely demeaning. It's misgendering and it's just dehumanizing. It's also a little unfair. If it's a little unfair, <laughs> yeah. And like, obviously, uh, trans and queer people in sports has been a big debate. But ultimately, this is a university campus. We need to be as accept we need to be as accepting as possible, and we need to let these people feel safe. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be feeling at an unfair advantage because an unfair disadvantage because they simply just because of their gender identity, and that needs to seriously be looked at as well as changing rooms in particular in the uh, PEC is one of the major issues. If you are a gender non-conforming person or maybe a trans person, you are basically told to get changed in the gender neutral toilets, which just First of all, with the, the rise in trans people and the similar spaces still being used, it's just not enough space. Mm -hmm. We need more spaces that are gender neutral in the, in the university. Mm -hmm. And that leads on to my third point, which is gender neutral bathrooms. Okay. Gender neutral bathrooms has been a big talking point across the world. Gender neutral bathrooms has caused so many debates on either side, but I think it's really important that the union finally takes a, the university finally takes a step forward and puts gender neutral bathrooms in the in the university. Putting a gender neutral sign on a disabled bathroom is not enough, as well as it can also be very difficult if we're using all of the disabled toilets as gender neutral bathrooms, because if you have an able-bodied um, non-binary person using a gender neutral bathroom, mm -hmm. Um, or a trans person and a disabled person is unable to use the bathroom that could then cause its issues mm -hmm. so there should be access there should be accessible bathrooms for disabled people and gender neutral bathrooms so that everyone has the same access fair enough all right moving on to the next group international students yes international. what students. are you doing for us <laughs> international students has been have, have faced a lot more problems in the past few years from I've been speaking to the international students officer Adam Farron recently and he's been telling me of a lot of the, the issues that international students have faced, particularly in accommodation, particularly in LGBT1 and BT2 with mm. racists and like just attacks in general towards them. So one of the things I wanted to do was, again, it's slightly geared towards accommodation, but I wanted to make sure that like residential assistants in those, those spaces have adequate training to deal with racial harassment. Mm -hmm. I want them, and sexual harassment as well, but particularly in this case, racial harassment, mm -hmm because at the end of the day, BT1 and BT2 are quite heavily international Populated, students. Yeah. And it's really important that they feel safe in their accommodation, especially walking to and from the city, um, because it's a long way to go. And there's a lot there's a lot of people you see on the way and they're not necessarily gonna be all really kind. So along BT9 with that- BT9 is even further away. B BT9, oh yeah, yeah. BT9 is like a long way away. <laughs> but that BT1 and BT2 are the main, uh, like, Heavy populated. Heavy populated areas as well as it's right in the middle of the city centre. Yes. Um, and alongside that, I think there needs to be a complete revamp of the actual systems for reporting these because the actual systems for reporting these, internet, most international students not, don't know about them. They don't know that they can report these and it needs to be like accessible to them to be able to actually report these issues. All right. Anything else um, regarding international students? International students is... I definitely want to make sure that they have the platform to promote their own culture because ultimately at the end of the day I'm, I'm very aware that I'm not an international student mm -hmm. and what I want to do with international students is make sure that I give them the platform. I want to say 
I under, I want you to have the platform so that you can voice yourselves as much as you want because ultimately you're the voices that are important in this mm -hmm. argument. Like I can sit there and I can vouch for queer issues and minor issues, disability issues all day, but mm -hmm. I'm not an international student and I want to be there to represent them, but to give them the platform. So I want to make sure that they have the accessible accessibility to get to that platform. On a scale of one to ten, one being none at all and ten being very well, how would you rate Queen's current um, international student community and the accessibility that we have. The accessibility that you have? Or like the representation, just like the, the general. Um, I'd say that Queen's sits below average, personally. I feel that Queen's is a very conservative establishment, and I feel that it's not actually treating international students the way that it should be. Because of the because of the policies of internationalization as opposed to decolonization, mm -hmm. the voices of international students and international staff as well are not being heard the way that they should be, mm -hmm. and it's really important that ultimately they are heard and they are welcomed and they have the platform to talk about their culture, because ultimately a lot of the stuff that goes in Queens is very very white and very Northern Irish and very British, <laughs> and it's so heavily cast in those ways that it doesn't actually give the international students the way to voice their own platforms. All right, so we want to be realistic but optimistic at the same time. Yeah. So given your time in office, where would you like to see the numbers move on that scale that I just gave? I would want to move it, particularly from the union perspective, because mm -hmm. I think the union has done really, really good work. Mm -hmm. I want the union to move to a 10. Mm. I think it's already been at a quite high level, I think, with the international body scheme mm -hmm. and incentives like that, especially with our current equality and diversity hands on mm -hmm. She's done a lot of work for this, but I think that the university needs to be moving towards that time. The university has so many international students and they are not given being given the platform. They should be given the platform. They are paying so much money to be here at the end of the day. Thank you. <laughs> and like that, that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. That needs to be addressed at the end of the day. Like at the moment with the strikes being on, I stand in complete solidarity with the lecturers, but I am completely aware of the fact that international students are paying so much money and not being reimbursed by the vice chancellor for this as well. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that students should be reimbursed? I believe that students should be reimbursed by the vice chancellor, not out of the lecturers' pockets. Mm -hmm. The lecturers de are demanding these um, these rights and these pension and the equal pay for a reason, mm -hmm. and the international students, all students should be reimbursed directly out of the university's pocket. The university likes to say that it hasn't got any money and that is completely untrue. We still have millions of pounds invested in fossil fuels, mm -hmm. which we shouldn't do, and the money needs to go somewhere else. The money needs to go back to the students who are losing out on this, and the money needs to go to the lecturers who deserve equal pay. That's brilliant. I love to hear that. All right, the next talking point we have here is Irish language. Would you like to elaborate a little bit? Yes, I, as probably people can tell from my accent, I'm not <laughs> from Northern Ireland, I'm not from Ireland. I am a Welsh student, I come from Wales, okay. and I speak Welsh pretty well. It's been a long time, <laughs> um, but I can speak and read and write Welsh, and for me, Welsh is a very close thing to my heart, having that Welsh identity. And when I was growing up, I, had, I, I learned Welsh from when I was three until I was 16, mandatorily. And it did not impede on what I felt as a British person. Because ultimately, like, Wales is very close-knit with England as much as I don't think we should be all the time. <laughs> I don't think England treats Wales the as good as it should. But I've 
always felt a strong Welsh identity and I think that normalising the Irish language in a university is extremely important because ultimately Irish is a part of the heritage here and Irish should be respected within its heritage and within its culture of Northern Ireland because there is realistically, when, when you're in Wales, no one bats an eyelid that there's two languages on signs. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be any different here, personally. I think it should be normalised, it should be respected and it should be treated equally. And how would you go about um, pushing the university to incorporate the Irish language? Well, for one of the two, thing, two things that are quite easily grouped together is I want to really push for bilingual signage within the university. Mm -hmm. There have been some attempts and some, pu some pushes forward for bilingual signage and it has been done in some places of BSU. But I want to make sure that the university really drives this home and has bilingual signage because at the end of the day, having bilingual signage will not take away from what the university already has. It will just make it more accessible and it'll make it much better for Irish students who are studying here since Irish is a course that is offered and it is taught and so it should be given the same respect in the university. Um, on top of that, I want to officially lobby for documents to be in Irish. Oh. One of the things that you get when, you're, when I'm in Wales is all of your documents come in both English and Welsh. Okay. And I think there should be at least the option for Irish students to have all of their documents come in Irish. Okay. I mean, I still get all of my student finance stuff in Welsh as well as English, and I think that should be an option that's made available to them by the university to be able to receive these documents and have all their documents in Irish. All right, and then the next section that we have here are BAME students. Yes. Uh, black and ethnic minority students are a massive part of this university and I think it's really important to again empower and give them the voice to be able to actually promote their culture. Um, one of the main points I've stipulated in my manifesto is that I want a quiet room for prayer space in the university because the actual university itself hasn't got very accessible quiet and prayer spaces and especially for students of Islamic faith it's very important that they mm -hmm. have access to prayer spaces as they can pray, I believe they have to pray up to five times a day. Yeah, five times a day. And it's really important that they have a space in the university. Mm -hmm. If they are studying a course such as engineering, they will be in university some days nine to five, mm -hmm. and they won't be able to go home and pray. They need a space in the university where they can go and pray. And on top of that, I haven't mentioned it fully in my manifesto, just because the university can be very difficult in actually <laughs> shifting money, but I want to really lobby for an ablution chamber mm. um, within the university next to the prayer space, especially for Muslim students. Yes. Because ultimately at the end of the day, I've, I'm very respectful of the fact that they, as far as I remember, allegedly that It's out. okay, I can help you. I'm from Malaysia. Um, um, that you need to wash your hands and feet before yes. you go in Correct. to pray. And it's really important that Muslim students have that there available to them. Mm -hmm because ultimately the university should be catering these to these aspects of the culture. Certainly, that's very good, very important. And lastly, women students. Yes. After the decriminalization of abortion, women students have been facing much higher race, um, rates of harassment in the university. Wow. The, for instance, women who have publicly stated they are pro-choice have been harassed within the university and I think it's really important that the union takes a stance and that we can say that we are standing there to protect women students who are seeking abortion. I think it's really important that we give them, give women students in the university a clear and safe way to access abortion with the decriminalization laws because ultimately at the end of the day, before the 
decriminalization laws, it was extremely unsafe. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be accessible to women students that is safe as well. I understand that there are differing views outside of pro-choice, but with the law in now, it needs to be provided safely. And the amount of violence that women face on a regular basis, just in terms of it can happen in domestic relationships and stuff like that, needs to be cracked down on. There needs to be safety implementations for women on the, in the university, particularly trans women. Um, trans women of colour are probably one of the most the most violence happens mm -hmm. towards trans women of colour. And it's really difficult to sit here and still talk about it because of the amount of deaths that happen. And ultimately, it's really important that we protect those people and we protect trans women, we protect trans women of colour and we protect women in this university because we don't want to go back to what it was like yep. 60 years ago. Definitely. We don't. We want to keep it modern and we want to keep it so that everyone is safe in this university. And how would you go about doing that? I think that there needs to be, again, with the system for reporting harassment and reporting stuff like that, that mm -hmm. needs to be completely done from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Women need to be able to feel safe and feel like it's okay to report these issues to the university and mm -hmm. to the union. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if they don't feel safe to report it, then it will get reported and yep. nothing will be done. Very true. It needs to be... The, in terms of the safe and accessible abortion, we need to make partnerships with um, places that will offer safe and um, safe abortion or advice on safe abortion mm -hmm. or advice on crisis pregnancies. We need to make sure that we have those partnerships and that we have those in place so that we can tell people this is where you can go. This is the, these are the people that you can talk to if you need advice, because we can sit here and tell them what they what we think might be the best, but ultimately at the end of the day, we are not the experts mm -hmm. and I am not someone who can personally perform something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I need to make sure that there are systems in place to be able to provide that to them. Certainly. So as the Equality and Diversity Officer, you are representing many, many groups. Um, personally, you fall under perhaps one or two categories, but how would you describe your team as equipped or um, lacking in helping you represent and understand the personal experiences of all these groups? I have been very fortunate with the amount of support and the amount of help I've had from so many people from so many different walks of life in this university. I have had help from international students, from Dane students, making sure that my manifesto is perfectly correct and right for them because ultimately I can write this but then as, as I don't fall into these groups, I might have said something wrong, I might have said something out of term, and I want to make sure that these policies are in the correct place. And while I identify as trans non-binary, um, ultimately I am not transitioning to the opposite gender, which can be usually what is associated with more violence. I do benefit from the privilege of using masculine pronouns and gender neutral pronouns while still being typically masculine. And so people don't usually have any issue with that. Whereas I know trans women and trans men who have had issues with that, who've had issues with transphobia, who've had issues with being dead named. And I'm really thankful, for instance, um, my housemate is actually the trans officer, the oh. first ever trans officer. And I'm very thankful for all the help that he's given me and all the help that he's given me throughout the year. Um, and international students officer, like I said, I'm fine, is really close with me and I'm really glad that I've had his support. And ultimately, I have made these bridges because I want to help represent these people 
because at the end of the day, the reason that I wanted to do this role was because to me it's more important to help because I've never really been a person to seek positions of power, mm -hmm. but I get the most out of my life out of helping people and I feel like this is the best way I can do so within this university, in a university, in a union that has done so much for me. And I really want to do that again for other people. And I'm really glad that my team has been there to help me with that. That's brilliant. All right. So let's briefly run through your experience in this field. Mm -hmm. What makes you, what experience do you have that makes you such a unique candidate? Well, this year I am actually the LGBT plus officer mm -hmm. in the union. I was elected last year to be the LGBT plus officer in the union. And I have run just over the past month a, mass, a massive campaign for LGBT plus history month with multiple events and I've gone really well in my personal view and we have dedicated the campaign to Leah McKee on Hamza's, um, on Hamza's behalf. Well, Hamza did that herself, but it's been dedicated to Leah McKee. And ultimately, that the work that I've done in that role and the help that I've had in with the trans equality policy in the university has been what really dri driven me towards this role. I've been really interested in this role ever since first year. I remember um, f the first time I ever met Rachel Powell, who was equality and diversity like two years ago. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah, she was one of the person who really got me interested in the role. And at that time, I was the gay representative on the subcommittee of the LGBT plus society. And in second year, I went to become to become the president of the LGBT plus society, hosting events every single week. Wow. Yeah, nearly. I say every single week. Nearly every single week, we did a full week, five days of cam of a campaign which had events on every single day. So you've got your dedication. I've got, I'm mm -hmm. dedicated to doing this work. I get so much joy out of doing this work. And honestly, I've spent more time on this work than my studies, which I shouldn't have. <laughs> but ultimately it's, it's the work that drives me to be here. I, in my first year of uni, I had a very difficult time. And even this year as well with my mental health mm -hmm. and the work that I've done has really pulled me back from that. Being able to work, to do work, this work in the university in the union has really helped me and pushed me forward to be able to do the things that I want to do, because ultimately at the end of the day I know it's important work that needs to be done and I want to be the one that has that has to do it, because it brings me so much joy to to see other people benefiting from it. That's brilliant. All right. So in the interest of time, just a quick couple of sentences. What makes you unique from every other candidate? What separates you from the crowd? I am a candidate this year that has years of experience in this university doing work for marginalized groups. I have been on pro-choice campaigns. I have been on multiple campaigns for trans and queer people. I have ran multiple campaigns for trans and queer people. I've run the society. I'm the LGBT plus officer this year. And I think that I have the experience and the dedication to this role that is what's really necessary to be able to push this role through. That's brilliant. All right, any closing remarks for our listeners? Um, I just really hope that the listeners take what I said to heart and really think about how much I really want to do this role and how much I want to dedicate my time to helping them. And I really hope that they vote for me on the 24th and 25th. That's brilliant. All right, thank you for coming, Elliot. Thanks, and thank you, listener, for listening today. Be sure to vote on the 24th and 25th February if you like what you hear, and then make sure to follow QR on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The news QR is QR The Scoop, and you can keep track of all our coverage 
election on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. I have been your host, Sulin Chiang. Thank you for listening and have a great day ahead. Bye. Thank you.